With great apologies, one and a half faces and two full movies, Have You Seen is back with Aliens and Bill. Hello, loyal listeners. Yes, indeed, we have returned uh, with apologies for being a week late. Uh, it was sort of unavoidable, really. Um, I am Kieran Lefort, and over there from my perspective is Tom Webb. Hello. On a slight delay, apparently. <laughs> no, I'm just sleepy. <laughs> oh, okay. The, the the standard web delay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry we're late. Um, I, I'll try and sum up the last two weeks for you. I still obviously have Bell's palsy issues, although that's slightly better. That's that's um, a lot better. It is a lot better. Yeah, like yeah. I can. My I would categorize my speech at being like ninety to ninety-five percent, whereas yeah. it was at like sixty when we recorded last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely yeah. It definitely sounds better, and you definitely um, look better. Yeah, although there's still a way to go. Um, so not only am I dealing with continued Bell's palsy, um, I was ill for four days, which included a four-day headache. Um, I've had an insane day at uh, insane week of work that involved a 12 hour day followed by a 13 hour day followed by a day. I can't count the number of hours, but it went from 8am to half past midnight. Uh, what else has happened? Oh, I'm technically still on the clock now and we're recording at 11pm today because I'm waiting for something to get signed off. Um, uh, and an old friend of mine died, which was wonderful. So I've had oh, wow. an amazing couple of weeks. Um, I'm hoping Tom's has been better. <laughs> Yeah, mine's been pretty uneventful. It has to be okay. said. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, and I also got older. Uh, we're recording oh, yeah, this the day yeah. after my forty-first birthday. So uh, happy birthday! Fresh wrinkles, you can see. Thank you very much. That's all right. Thank you. Um, I mostly stayed in and cooked. Nice. Of course, That's, I stayed in. Know, we're still yeah, yeah. lockdown time. Absolutely. So, yeah, my birthday was in lockdown. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. I made lots of lovely meat products. Excellent. That's that's yeah. the way to spend your birthday. Yeah. So. Another good way to spend it, or the day after it anyway, uh, is talking about aliens mm. uh, and Bill. Yep. Uh, as happens quite a lot in this program, two more disparate movies you could not <laughs> hope to review in the same show. <laughs> um, do you have a, pre a preference as to what we start with? No, not at all. I'm happy to just dive straight in and, and go Alrighty. for it. Alrighty. Well, I get the feeling we have more to talk about with aliens, so should we save that from the main event and do Bill first? Yeah, okay. Prelims? Yeah, I think that's, right. yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Let me open the bill notes. Uh, I will apply. Uh, I will. <laughs> I was going to say I will apologise for my speech going wonky, and my speech went wonky. Um, yeah, I'm still not 100. percent So uh, some plosives might escape, and uh, I might sound a bit drunk at points. Um, but it's definitely an improvement. Uh, right. I pitched you Bill as a uh, the totally historically accurate 100 true story of William Shakespeare's formative years. Mm -hmm. uh, a lute player who's too flashy and progressive for the shit band he plays with, Bill Shakespeare leaves his wife and kids and heads off to That London, having written, quote, a great work for the stage. Luckily, just as the Queen needs one, but unluckily, just as the Spanish invade. Now he needs to navigate plagiarism, thievery, treachery, loan sharks, some dubious actors, and a Catholic plot. Uh, it's a comedy, a family comedy, I would say. I hesitate mm. to say children's film, because although mm. it's suitable for the under-18s, yeah um it's not say suitable for perhaps like the under 10s no. um uh yeah it's a it's a family comedy by the team behind horrible histories um and uh, it was presented to me uh by a uh very old friend of mine uh whose 
who he and his 10 year old daughter i say it's not suitable for the under 10s but he and his 10 year old daughter love it to bits um and uh i liked it because they it's quite python-esque like hardly a shot goes by without a joke um and it's one of those things like it comes with all types of humor you can imagine whether it's wordplay or mm -hmm. a visual gag like one of my favorite jokes is a throwaway sign for a vegetable stand that <laughs> says make sure you get your two a week <laughs> yeah i saw that that um, made me laugh yeah Oh, good. Something made you laugh. Yeah, uh, yeah. What else made you laugh? You're supposed to be reviewing this. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, I think I, I think I probably, um, I, I kind of lumped this in a little bit with how I feel about uh, what we did in the shadows. Right. In that, um, I found I found it funny, but I don't know if I, I, I don't know if it feels like a cohesive whole as a film. Like I okay. feel again, like horrible histories is often a lot of sketches. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was just because it was a lot of the same people. It's kind of my brain couldn't get out of that. But I, I as feel a slight like aside, I saw a fantastic horrible history sketch, the only one I've ever seen apart from right. this movie. Someone shared it on Twitter, and it's World War Two fighter pilots singing about how brilliant they are as like a take that style boy band. Yeah, I saw that. It's hilarious, yeah. and it's the song is so well written. Yeah, as well. I, I think a lot of the horrible history stuff is is really really good and very very well done. Um, a lot of it is available on iPlayer and uh, mm. Netflix and stuff. So I'm actually I'm probably going to start watching it to be honest. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth it. I think it works really really well. Um, I've seen a few a few bits of it. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it was. It's it's a stroke of genius, like setting this in Shakespeare's wilderness years, his Jesus years, um, right. and uh, you know because they can obviously play with it and they can do what they like with him and his character and come up with stuff. So you do kind of find yourself thinking, like, wait, is this this actual history? Like, did this event happen? Did that event was this going on? Was that going yeah. on? Or is this something they've made up or not? Um, but like you say, there's you know there's so many different types of gags in it, all things. One of my favourite things, I think, in fact, I think it got the most like, kind of smiles and laughs out of me with the Spanish invaders, spies, sort of, hmm. uh, I don't know, marauding, whatever you want to call them. I don't know really what, what you would call them. Insurgents, perhaps. Yeah. Um, pretending to be Cockney. The cockney uh, players, the, the cockney players, yeah. below. and I just like I don't know why, but that kind of uh, someone, so an actor that's clearly putting on an accent, and then that character then puts on another accent to varying yes. degrees of sex. It's always a skill that I, I find incredibly, uh, often funny if it's it's played for that. But I, th I think it's 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 a genuine like talent if an actor yeah. can do that, and just some of the lines that. They It'll achieve, be, yeah, particularly Simon Farnaby, because there'll be bits just, where they're talking over each other, talking yeah. to another character, and at the end of the the whole discussion, you just hear "me old China" <laughs> yeah, exactly. or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's just one one thing where they're, they're having a conversation, and Simon Farnaby just like see, feels like he's expected to say something, so he he just comes up with "all day breakfast, fish and chips." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that genuinely made me laugh. Um, I think he's one of the highlights of this film. As I said, yes. with the aid of various beards, he plays five different parts in this film. Yeah, he, but he's one of like I mean, you think of Bunny and the Bull and stuff. He's yeah. always he. I don't, he's just a funny guy, and I think yeah. he just brings stuff. I also loved the uh, the um, 
the the other uh, Spanish insurgent who just loved dressing up as a woman. Like yeah, that was he's, his, a, his he's thing. a master of disguise. He's a master of disguise who's actually just a man who likes wearing dresses. Yeah, so and it, it transpires. And it, yeah, and it just it was just how subtle that was. Well, not mm. really subtle, but just how lovely that played throughout it all. And yeah. he gets his payoff at the end, where mm. like Bill is essentially just saying, "Yeah, you be you, you do that," and yeah. and like giving him that that freedom to just do what he wants to do. I thought that was really lovely. And they do, they, there's a bit earlier on with um, King Philip of Spain, who is the, who's the, basically the head villain. Uh, and like the, the master of disguise says to him, I have an idea. And Philip is immediately like, does it involve you putting on a dress? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, no, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the other bit that really made me laugh is when uh, Bill and uh, Christopher Marlowe uh, hmm. get, uh, a day job as um basically handing out leaflets dressed as vegetables yes uh, hence the ve- get your two to a week gag mm. um and they start giving their leaflets out uh, and there's like the meat market and there's the guy dressed as like the the chicken leg and the sausage mm. and he's just like why don't you, you know this is our patch why don't you go back to the vegetable patch yeah <laughs> it's just it, what i think is so beautiful about it is that he realizes what he's saying as he's saying yeah. it, and it just, it, you know, it's just a nice little moment. But like I said, it just, I think it, I, I don't know if I've, I've, if I liked it all as a film, but it might be like a bit like what we did with the shadows. The more I kind of think mm. about it, the more, I'll, more I'll get out of it, and I probably will yeah. watch it again at some point. And you know, see, you mentioned what we do in the shadows. I, I like that film a lot, mm. but as you say, like it's a bit. Uh, plot wise and story wise it's a bit thin yeah and, and would yeah. work very very well as a series of like 10 minute but sketches have you seen the tv version no i haven't watched it yet it's I on my list of stuff recommend yeah. it yeah because i i I, binged I, 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 I like a lot of week. the actors in it hmm. um but yeah i haven't watched it yet yeah uh there's only i think i think it's only eight episodes per season and mm. they're only like 22 minutes each yeah um i watched season two this week there is there's a, a three episode run back to back um where all of them are just hilarious in particular matt berry gets his own standalone episode pretty much oh, matt berry where just... um he is forced to go into hiding and pretend to be a human <laughs> okay just uh, I, um, I i love matt berry when we covered um garth Marenghi's dark place yes like, just i've know. been meaning to rewatch that actually. yeah yeah i need to as well i'll do that at some point yeah um uh, we talked last week about Francis Walsingham, mm, yeah, uh, and how that guy uh, plays the guy who plays him plays <sighs> seven other parts. Yes, um, yeah. But I so after you were talking about Walsingham uh, last week, I was reading up on him a little mm. bit. Um, he was a right bastard. Oh yeah, he was a slimy fucker. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he. What I discovered was he is the man responsible ultimately for uh, the beheading of Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, via entrapment uh, yeah. without Elizabeth's knowledge and was conveniently ill when she went on a rampage locking people up for it. <laughs> he uh, and he, then magically returned to his his place as chief spymaster and secretary of state. Yeah, I I kind of feel like he was one of those people that um was a bit of a sadist anyway and just got a kick out and he just he found the niche that allowed him to be the mm. sick human being that he was. I have a feeling he was like ember evil. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, like he used torture. Like if Ray and... was allowed to play M as really dark in yeah. the new Bond movies. But I mean, he was he was he would torture people and 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 mm. all sorts of stuff. Like he was he was a really any. I mean, particularly Catholics. That's what he was. Mm. A, he was. Yes. You know, that was you his can't big put on thing. Muscle mass because God hates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a really really nasty piece of work. But like I said last week, he he invented how spy how how spying mm. works like he invented how well i should say information gathering is is what he is what he he did and i was i was reading he had, like he had a team of intelligences not spies apparently yeah yeah because <laughs> i think i think basically what he he did was it wasn't about if you think of things like the spanish inquisition and all that kind of stuff they were they were forces or police for like not police forces but they were they were armed forces or they were like army style they would go and do something and get some, yeah. you know. Whereas what he did was, no, that's the people aren't the important thing. The information is the important yeah. thing, and yeah. that's what he revolutionized, I suppose, or changed. Mm. Is, is was basically it's it's about getting the information to him to then act mm. on it, yeah. um, which he did. One to, of the things I really like about this film is how he's portrayed here. Yeah, like he will just he'll just magically appear in places. Yeah, um, and like. He's not. He's not. He's not a master of disguise. He's he's a master of hiding. Yes, absolutely. I, lo- like, I love where he shows up at like pretending to be a dead body or yes. popping out of a meat pie, meat pie. Yeah. Or his introduction actually, where there's a, like there's two maids folding a sheet, mm. uh, and then there's a there's a bit where the sheet crosses the camera when it unfolds. He's taken the place of one of the maids. Yeah, yeah. There's it's just that genius sort of stuff. It just you know makes him out to be this kind of sinister which he was sinister kind of creepy mm. knows everything and mm. i think the scene you're talking when he's he's pretending to be the corpse on the corpse truck mm. um uh talking to christopher marlowe like that that was one of my favorite scenes of his where they're, mm. they're going back and forth because that apparently that was a real relationship yeah i was reading like, supposedly there there are rumors well i don't know about rumors but like it is suspected that marlowe was perhaps one of his spies after they met in paris yeah um incidentally this film is set three years after um uh after walsingham died right okay which might explain why loads of characters keep going i thought you were dead oh, right. <laughs> nice because i know that like like it's like i was saying earlier you don't know what's true and what's not it's like um, no. the, the whole bit with Marlowe in the pub at the end, like that's pretty much true. Um, you know, he he that like that's how he died. Uh, mm. They they were in a well, I say a pub, a tavern. It sounds like it was a brothel, um, mm. and there was an argument over can't, a bill. Can't say that in a in a PG movie. <laughs> no, no, exactly. There was an argument over over the bill, and uh, mm. somebody knifed him. Um, mm. So like that that element of it of it was true. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of fun, sort of unpicking like I the reality I of think it. It's more they they've they've written this story and bent truth into mm. it for people like you who know the, mm. you, you, like people who who know the actual events can get some get another layer out of it if you like. Yeah, but I whereas also, I'm I'm ignorant of this kind of thing. Completely. Yeah, but it's it's made you poorly educated as I am. <laughs> but it's made you go and look it up, though, hasn't it? Yeah, I meant to read up about Marlowe as well, but I only really had time to have a quick yeah. look at Walsingham. And, and that's the I, point. I, I mean, kind of want to make a Walsingham movie. Yeah, well, I that's think the thing. That would be fascinating because I, I was reading it. Like, there's a whole thing. He's apparently he's no one's ever kind of represented him how they think he really was. 
like oh, really? there's all he, his character has always been one that has been compromised to make a movie work because okay. I think Jeffrey Rush played him twice in a couple of movies and and like each time they added elements into his character to make other things in the story work and that kind of thing. Um, right. So I know there's books about him, um, which I assume are probably more accurate or should be accurate if they're like historical biographies and stuff. But yeah, mm. I, you're right. He's just fascinating. But he's mm. like, you know. I say, he be I, say the, I want a Walsingham movie, but like, He's not really. He he's not a hero, hero in no, any way, could he? I was no. just going to say he's he's definitely not a hero, but no. it, you know, it, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, how would you frame that film? Mm. There must be a way to do it. It'd be fascinating, I think. But mm. like you say, that's the. I mean, the whole point of horrible histories was to present that history and those elements in in a fun way that made kids want to learn more about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was obviously a series of books first. Yes. Um, and, you know, kind of tuning into the kind of the slightly macabre sense of interest that kids have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's done done so, so well. I, I, I would like to watch like more of it. And I suspect that as my daughter grows up a bit, we will. I think I yeah. think she'll love it because I think it will really, uh, really tickle her sense of humor. Hmm. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I mean, it's not really. It's not really a film you could dig deep into, is it? No, Especially, it's. I don't think. It's a. It, it, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's an easy watch movie, mm. and it's it's one of those things. I think if you've got a passing interest in history or Shakespeare or anything, mm. watch it. Um, if you've got kids who are doing history things at school or are doing Shakespeare or whatever, show it to them because it might it might not give them any information that they need, but it might give them the impetus to like find it interesting to search out more to yeah, search to out more, more. Yeah. um you know because i he's he's just so silly in places and very funny and and yeah i think it'll it'll it, it serves a purpose i think rather than being you know what i mean it's not just like a it's got a function as a movie on top of just being light entertainment yes. which yeah. it can be both you know well there we go yeah. should we abandon uh abandon shakespeare for the future yeah absolutely Alrighty. Do you want to explain Aliens again? Yes. Yeah, uh, so, I, I should point out, actually, the ver there are several different versions of yes. Aliens, and the version we watched was the director's cut. Right, yeah, director's cut. Um, picked for no <laughs> You said that like reason. a man who watched a different version. No. Right, yeah, director's cut, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 definitely. I did. Mm. I did watch the director's cut. There's a theatrical cut, yeah. director's cut, and I think they call the special edition. There's a special whatever, edition, yeah. Which is even longer than the one we watched, and I, th I think the director's cut just seems to sit nicely in the middle. Um, so Aliens is pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. Like, I think last week yeah, I did... Yeah, I, but you just said you're getting the plural. Yeah, have an exactly. X. Yes. Yeah. That, that's pretty much it. So basically mm. the, the, the premise is that Ripley is found 56 years? Seven. 57 years yeah. after the events of Alien, still in hypersleep. Um, they wake her up. She explains what happens. And uh, the company are just like, oh, well, we're not entirely sure we believe you and there's a lot of kind of uh corporate politics involved but she discovers that they are currently terraforming the planet where the events of alien occurred uh which is obviously an incredibly bad idea so uh they decide to send a rescue mission which is essentially an army platoon 
and they decide to send uh, some marines uh, to go in and, and wipe out any aliens if they happen to be there. Uh, whilst they're travelling, or before they travel, uh, the slightly sleazy Paul Riser uh, sends some people on the planet to go and investigate a specific coordinates, but doesn't tell them why. They find the alien ship, and of course all hell breaks loose, so by the time that uh, Ripley and her marines get there, there is just a, a, a mass of aliens on the planet, and they've basically got to try and escape now that they've got stuck there again. So it's pretty much more of the same, uh, but it's more of an action movie, more of a war movie. Um, I'm, I, I, I think I, I definitely prefer Alien to Aliens, but I know that you are more of an action film fan than a horror film fan, so I've always been curious as to whether you would find this more interesting or or you'd like it more or whether, whether actually you'd prefer the, the slow, boring sci-fi that I like. Um, so that was kind of the, the, the reasoning behind pitching you this. Hmm. So what, what was your reaction? What did you think? Well, I'm not sure if you're, uh, if you're saying which is your favourite. I hmm. don't know if I could pick between the two. Okay. I categorise them both the same way, which is they are both very good, but I have no need to watch either ever again. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I know people for whom this is their favourite movie yeah. and they would watch it once a year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I thought it was great. I don't think I'm ever going to sit down and think, unless it's for a specific reason, oh, yeah, I really fancy watching Aliens today. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of think, oh, I might watch Alien. I never think... Oh, watch Aliens. Oh, no, I'm never going to watch that again either. Yeah, and, and I found my original... We don't have the episode anymore in which no. uh, I reviewed Alien. However, I did find my notes for <laughs> Alien for when we recorded. Right. Uh, that begin Alien at 1.20pm on a Friday with the light on. <laughs> so my notes for Aliens Director's Cut begin 8pm Saturday, July 18th, 2020. Still light outside. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, like I said, you know, did you find it... Did you find it more accessible as an action movie or is it just more of the same? Um, I don't know if it's about accessibility. I, do, I was trying to figure out. Or is it how... just a scary concept? Is it just, is it you just, because I mean, I find it, I find it creepy and scary. Yeah. I did really give me as much of the Wiggins as Alien did. No. But that had been built up for like 35 years mm. as being this terrifying thing. Mm. Um, and, to that end, it was incredibly effective. Mm. You know, Ridley Scott was the master of thinking of making you think it could be around any corner in that spaceship yeah. at yeah. any point, yeah. and that was not the case here at all. No, and partly like, it because takes forever to get to the damn planet with the alien on. Yeah, which is partly um, down to the director's cut because there's a bunch of extra stuff added yeah, yeah. before that point. Yeah, um, it's terribly convenient that. Uh, after 20 years of that planet they're terraforming being inhabited by the terraformers, that the aliens, uh, the Salvage family, happen to find the Xenomorph ship a few days after Ripley wakes up. Well, well, the reason they, well, the reason they do is because Paul Reiser tells them to go there. I must have missed that bit. Yeah, it's yeah, it it kind of it can pass you by because it's in one of the really sort of wordy dialogue scenes. But it's right. it's so basically what happens is obviously because of the way the aliens work. The aliens can only be created if one of the um, face huggers attaches itself to a human. Yes. Right. So the, the the adult aliens don't exist unless 
they lay an egg in a human? They can't specifically be humans. They must have yeah, no, before before yeah, encountering the human race. Yeah, but you don't get an alien. You don't get a xenomorph like you get with a human. Oh, I see. You get something different. Oh, because they do like dog ones and stuff in yeah. later on in the series, don't they? Yeah, so it's, yeah, okay. it depends on what the facehugger attaches to, to, depending on what it is. So basically the eggs are dormant or, or the facehuggers just die unless they, they attach to something. And because no one has gone there, hmm. then there's no reason to. And obviously I see. Some, uh, a family go there. Because obviously you take your kids to terraform yeah. the planet. A family go there and then they go back to the main thing. And of course, once they do that, then it can just propagate and propagate and propagate. Because yeah. there's lots of humans to infest and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and then they, and then they infest. Exactly. And then they work out a system where they can keep the humans alive and still keep, keep reusing the same humans. Yes. By sticking them to a wall. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit and more hugging their faces. Yes, and it's a bit more involved than Alien, and I think, yes. like, like you said, in Alien, you think that the it can be around the corner, it can be in any shadow, it can be in any corner, hmm. and I think that's more effective because there is only one. Whereas with this, you're just like, well, they can be everywhere, and you know yeah. they can be everywhere because you know, so it's harder to play with that, I guess. Yeah. Um. I don't know where to start in my notes, really. I could start at the beginning. Is there not an easier way of opening the hatch on uh, Ripley's dropship than uh, cutting it open? <laughs> Who knows? Which apparently James Cameron had to pay for himself because the studio told him he wasn't getting any more money to do that scene. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Cameron did go a bit crazy with this one. Yeah. So I was looking at I was looking at the numbers. Uh, Alien cost fourteen million dollars in nineteen seventy nine and took two hundred and four million. Mm. This cost eighteen and a half and took one hundred and eighty. Which is still a pretty amazing return on investment. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they had to, uh, Cameron had to convince them to let him make it, though. Yeah, and apparently the crew hated him. Oh yeah, because yeah, were so um, Ridley's they, boys. Yeah, uh, they sacked the cinematographer mm. pretty quickly because he wanted to um, light the aliens' lair really brightly. Mm. Um, and so, um, uh. Cameron brought in a guy called Adrian Biddle. Yeah. Um, this is his first feature film. Um, it turned out he had been the cinematographer on uh, Ridley Scott's legendary 1984 Apple ad. Yeah. And by sheer coincidence, he was the focus puller on Alien. Yeah. And do you know what, do you know he, what he did next? Yeah. Princess Bride. Yeah. <laughs> he he actually then went on a run of really good movies. I can't remember what mm. came after Princess Bride, but yeah, I did. I, it was amusing that it was it was yeah yeah Princess Bride was like, in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the cinematography of Aliens is one of the most recognisable aesthetics on film. It is like if yeah. you say if you just say Aliens, the like the the image in my head is black, grey, and that that particular mm. shade of light blue that yes. runs all the way through it. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that and I think that and Blade Runner set yeah. up uh, Ridley like they set up modern sci-fi space mm. and and you know that's you know that was the look. Yeah, yeah, it's very mm. iconic. Um, uh, I largely hated all of the Marines. Yeah, I was going to say that is one of I think the reason one of the big reasons I don't like this as much as Alien is because they're just not nice like they're just no. no they're just 
like Hicks is not a dick, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're just gung ho thugs, mm. and uh, they're not likable, um, and it doesn't. You don't really care if they die, and I th- I think that's a bit of a misstep. Like, like mm. it would have made much. You know, I would have preferred it if they. You know, if you felt a bit before before they die. Yeah, um, which you don't. Um, I was absolutely shocked that the most famous line in the movie mm. game over man game over yeah is delivered in the back of a wide shot oh yeah because it was an ad lib yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and they didn't think oh that's good enough to do a close-up no <laughs> i mean it's just, i guess you know it's they were, i think it was not a troubled production but like the crew you know ridley uh Cameron was having trouble wrangling the crew because they just yeah. wouldn't give him the time of day. He was mm. trying to prove to them what a good filmmaker he was and tried to show mm. them Terminator, but none of them showed up. That's what, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that you know it was just a bit, a bit difficult, really. Um, but mm. yeah, they're like the Marines are just irritating, and it's not until most of them die and uh, Michael being, yeah, kind of you know comes around to Ripley. There's that scene on the the sort of like uh, tank th- car thing they've got where she's telling the is it lieutenant the commanding officer she's telling him what they should do hmm. or is it no is it paul riser she's te- she's telling somebody uh, what they're they all in there there's G- gorman is yeah. paul riser's character and uh is that paul riser? no burke is paul riser's character and gorman is the um is the commander of the unit yeah G- gorman has died at this point because right. because technically Michael Bean is is he's the he's the most highest ranking officer, but he's a corporal. But he's a corporal. Yeah. Um. And Ripley kind of lays down this is what we have to do, and right, I think it's Riser's going no, and then he he says, "Well, I'm I'm the ranking officer. This is what we do," and just lays out her plan basically. Mm. And it's that point you kind of like okay, he 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 values her at that point. Mm. Um. It's kind of the turning point, I guess. Yeah. So there's a bit where um, uh, Ripley says, uh, I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. Mm. 40 minutes earlier in my notes, I wrote, get back on the ship, nuke that rock and go home the end. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, it's Again, it's one of those horror movies where you're like, just do that. Just do it. No, don't go. Don't go in there. Don't. Yeah. Just don't. It's a series of characters making increasingly bad decisions yeah. for, for storyline reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, there's, there's times when I'm just like, just don't do that. Don't do that. Mm. Why are you doing mm. that? But you, You've mentioned more than once, and other people have mentioned that, uh, have called this the war movie uh, mm. to the to the horror movie that is Alien. Yeah. I don't think it's a war movie. Mm. Okay. It's a siege film. Yeah. And borderline zombie flick. Yeah, I can see that, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a small group of characters trying to hold back an unstoppable terror that could break through any door or window at any time. Yeah, yeah. I guess people call it the war movie because it's soldiers, but you know, yeah, I guess. You but know, no, no. It, would it, you call it, dog, most dog of it soldiers? Is a siege is them stuck yeah. in a room with the the aliens trying to get in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I think it's just because it was supposed to be more amped up, more action, yeah. more you know. And there's definitely there is definitely amped up action. Yeah, for sure. What else? What else? Uh, I like uh, Lance Henriksen's Bishop. Mm. I think yeah. we call liking Ian Holm as. Um, Oh, I've forgotten the name of the the, the droid in Alien. Yeah. No, I can't remember either. Um, um, uh, oh, 
Uh, he gets he gets a, a great line where he says, "I may be synthetic, but I'm not stupid." <laughs> yes, yeah. He then gets a death sequence, which looks incredible even now, mm. where he is torn in half. Yeah, and his his milk blood shoots everywhere. Yeah, his, what is whatever his fluid is inside, yeah. and then there's a hilarious moment where they open an airlock and half of Lance Henriksen goes scooting <laughs> across the floor. Yeah, yeah, and it made, it was way funnier than it should have been. I I think it's I think it's um that's that casting is James Cameron making good on him giving uh, Hendrickson the role of the Terminator, then taking it away again to give to Arnie. Well, Hendrickson famously turned up to his audition for the Terminator with tinfoil on his teeth trying to look as much like a robot as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, so I think it was just like, you know, I'll, I'll give him the shot. And this, I think he's great in it as well. And there's the Henrikson, famous knife scene. He's kind of like, do you remember we talk, when we talked about First Blood, we talked about how Brian mm. Dennehy was like a good hand as yeah. like that, that solid cop who turns up in everything. Lance Henriksen is kind of like the sci-fi version of Brian Dennehy. Yeah, yeah. I'd, like I'd if you that. see his name, you think, He's probably not going to be the lead, but he's probably going to be really good support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's really solid. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's. I think he's mm. one of the most interesting. And I think also because uh, they they play on the the oh, what the hell is Ian Holmes' android called? There are going to be people oh, screaming. I know. I, know. I can't believe I right can't remember. Oh, I can't uh, remember. I'm going you know to look it up. Okay, look oh, it up. I can't. That's the wrong mouse. But I Damn think it. that because that was one of the big twists of alien yeah and i i like they they play on that here a bit because you know obviously it's moved on it's it's you know 50 years later right yeah ash ash of course it's ash yeah so i think you know there's some you know like uh, ripley's distrust of bishop is really mm. good and like just her there's the moments where she like concedes okay he needs to go and do this or doing that and mm. you know and i think it comes good when he kind of comes to the rescue a little bit even though it gets ripped in half yeah. Um, yeah. No, he's good. Do like Lance. Um, what else did I like about this? Uh, the the face hugger attack where it where it, uh, it transpires afterwards that um, uh, Burke has locked mm. um, Ripley and Newt, who we haven't even mentioned yet. No. Who is the the child from the family who go out to um, initially discover the? Um, is she the, the same girl? Yeah. 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 She yeah. Is. Um, and she is uh, she's surviving in the in the station when it appears nobody else has, mm. um, and she and Ripley kind of form a bond, uh, and they sleep in one of the labs, um, and it transpires that um, uh, Burke Paul Rice's character has locked them in there for the night with a face hugger. Yeah, whether he knows the face hugger is in there or not is. Oh no, he does. Well, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, that scene, that face hugger attack scene, is scary as balls. Yeah, yeah, because like, it goes back to stuff, that like, horror. The, they've definitely you can see you can see the advances in the animatronic technology on the face hugger for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way it wraps its tail around people's necks is terrifyingly believable in this. Yeah. Like I, it's not a fear, but like I don't like wearing scarves because I don't like things around my neck. No, I especially do not want a face hugger tail around my neck. <laughs> No. no. Um yeah, that's a really great scene. Yeah. Um there's uh they make their escape through the air vents and that's where pretty much the alien no no hang on, there's two characters who sacrifice themselves to stop the alien stop the xenomorph getting to Newt and Ripley and Hicks. Yeah. 
And that's like the, that's the end of the the yeah. commando unit then. So Hicks yeah. is the only one left. It's after Vasquez that. and Gorman, isn't it? Yeah, I remember it being Vasquez, who is yeah. the that's the the Latina uh, who likes massive machine guns. Yeah, uh, but I couldn't remember not, who the guy was. She's not Latina. What? what? She's not. Her Latina. name's Vasquez. Yeah, but well, yeah, but the actress isn't. Okay, fair enough. The actress is um, John Connor's stepmom, adoptive mum. Okay. In Terminator 2. Yeah, 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 my brain's trying to piece all this together now. Yeah. Huh. That's amazing what long hair and a dress will do for someone. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, anyway, uh, uh, Newt ends up getting separated from them and falling into what I can only presume is like space station sewage. Yes, yeah. It's water. It's water. Yeah. And there is a shot. Uh, um, uh, Hicks and uh, Ripley then have to cut through like a, a grated floor mm. to get to, and they do just about in time. Well, just about in time, not quite in time. Mm, uh, as uh, uh, a xenomorph comes out of the water behind her, mm. that shot looks ima- amazing still yeah. as well. That's that's it's one very of the... short, but it's it's really effective. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the iconic moments. Just that thing looming out of the water. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a really good study in uh, escalation as it pertains to filmic storytelling. Okay. The characters constantly go from the frying, frying pan into the fire, which they think is just a larger frying pan, then into another fire, which they think is just a larger frying pan, yeah. and over and over and over until you get to the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's just, yeah, you say it's that. Because I guess you know, it's like people know what people had that menace in Alien. So you've got to you've got to amp it up. You've got to make yeah. it bigger. And you know, some people say better. Mm. I'm still not mm. convinced. Um, um, yeah. And it comes down to, as you would expect, a one on one between Ripley and uh, the Alien Queen, mm. which is a different looking xenomorph. Anyway, uh, already yeah, kind of spidery. Um, yeah, that I read that puppet for lack of a better phrase mm. was 14 feet tall yeah had two people inside it and another 14 to 18 people operating it from the outside i know it's i mean it looks just the detail on it's, it the, and it's it's amazing yeah, yeah. uh all of, like all of the uh like the puppet and animatronic work in this is exceptionally good yeah 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 and i was reading because they didn't have enough um they didn't have enough uh, xenomorph full xenomorph suits so mm. like often like the, the the xenomorph nearest the camera would get the full suit and then mm. they as they went further back they'd get varying degrees of just bits stuck on like a black yeah. body suit and stuff like that but like you never until no the one point, on the bike which is a bloke in a pair of jeans with a hat on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, you just kind of like like there's a few dodgy full body alien shots in alien but i don't remember seeing any in this yeah, that was one of the things I remember not liking about Alien is when you see the alien itself. I think it's because the guy inside the suit in Alien was not an actor. No. He was just a very tall, thin man. Yeah. Who like who they built the suit around. Um and there are shots, in particular, there's a couple of shots in Alien where the creature turns and it looks like a man who can't act turning in a suit. Yeah. Rather than yeah. rather than an actual costume performer. Like somebody like God, can you imagine if it was made now or 10 years ago or wherever and it had Doug Jones in the suit, like an experienced costume actor yeah. in the suit rather than just some like seven foot tall skinny rando? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or even someone like Andy Serkis, although I know he yeah. mostly does motion capture, but he has that yeah. physicality of 
Yes. You know, there's a lot of people that do that. But now, now. they would all be motion captured they and would, it probably would yeah. be him and yeah. his studio I doing think, it. I think, was it four maybe they shifted to some CGI? CGI, I don't know. I don't know. I only saw that once. I had high hopes uh, for it because it was Joss Whedon. The and, general consensus seems to be that I probably shouldn't carry on with this series on this one. Yeah, and and in my head, I 100% agree with that. I, it's been a very, very long time hmm. since I've seen Alien 3. Hmm. And that might be that's one of... That's the Joss Whedon one that the studio no. took away from him. Or is no, that it's four? not. That's four. Oh. Three, oh, three's the Fincher one. Fincher, yeah. So, and, yeah. and for me... When I first, when I saw that, which would have been a long time ago, I obviously I had no idea who David Fincher was. Okay. Now and and they 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 you know they didn't give him the creative control that they should have done. No. Uh, same sort of story. So I now knowing more about Fincher and liking some of his movies. Well, I'd be more interested to go career, back. career, isn't it? Yeah, very. That's 97, and he's not David Fincher he is now, or the David Fincher he would no, become. No, like 93, even isn't it? I thought Resurrection, uh, not uh, Alien 4 was 97. Hang on, let's, uh, let's, do the, let's do the Googles. Or 98. Alien Cubed is 1992, so even earlier. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, no, 4 is 97, yeah. Yeah, so I thought I, th- I think it was pretty, pretty early on. Uh, Inf- yeah. Was he even his first feature? I'm just thinking, was he just the guy who made Meatloaf videos? And Madonna videos. And Rolling yeah. Stones. And he'd done a lot of music videos. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, now I've got to look up David Fincher. You keep talking. I've got to look up David Fincher. Yeah. So it's one of those movies that I think in terms of an alien film or aliens film, I think one and two, you covered... I still prefer one over two. Mm-hmm. I have a morbid curiosity about watching three again. I definitely don't want to watch a Joss Whedon one again. Okay. And um, I watched Prometheus. And when I watched it, I quite enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, that works quite well. But I don't, I'm not into the alien law as much as other people. So I think yeah. I was, I'm not enough in it to get offended by any stuff they did. Uh, but mm. I'm also not in it enough to care to go about watching the next one, Covenant. I haven't bothered with that yet, and I'm not sure if I will. I don't know. Um, Between 1984 and 1993, Fincher was credited with directing 53 music videos. Right. In 1990, 20th Century Fox hired him to replace Vincent Ward as the director on Alien 3. Mm. So that was, Alien 3 was his first movie. Okay. So, And you know what studios are like yeah. with somebody's first film. Yeah. They just won't leave them alone. They're not trusted to do their job. No. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, we hired someone who doesn't know what they're doing. When you look at Seven, Fight Club, Panic Room. um, Panic Room, something I've been meaning to watch since it came out and I've never got around to it. Oh, really? It's been in my Netflix queue for ever since I got Netflix. Well, I'll bear that in mind. Um, Okay. And uh, it means like I still the, can't watch it. Yeah, um, d- you know, you think of that, the aesthetic of those movies. Like yeah. he would, he's like him and aliens go together. Like it's yeah. that would just work, but obviously without the freedom, yeah. it's, it's not going to work because um, mm. he can't bring what he brings. Um, yeah, and that's that's really sad. I think we've got off track here because I was about mm. to talk about the finale between. Uh, Ripley and the the Queen. Yes. Um, uh, 
so Ripley's in the, the a power loader, which we see mm. her use earlier, which is like this massive exoskeleton. Yeah. Uh, and I got really, I got interested in that thing because like it looks, it looks real. It does. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Um, it was a, a prop constructed around a stuntman called John Lees who was hidden inside it. Mm. Uh, and essentially Sigourney Weaver was sitting on something that was on his lap. Yeah. Um, uh, it had to be hung. It weighed around 600 pounds. Uh, the hydraulics on it are fake, and it was hung <sighs> from cables from the ceiling. So it's just a marionette, basically. Yeah, essentially. Um, and it's... Um, uh, oh, so the wires also concert, uh, concealed radio antennae. Right. Um, and it was... Uh, yeah, and it was basically hung hung from, a, hung from the crane, uh, and it was... Uh, yeah, it was operated by a combination of the guy inside it wow. walking it around and operators from the outside doing the claws and stuff That's on it. Mad. But That's like, crazy. it looks it looks mm. amazing. Yeah. Um, there is a bit where there's two of them in a shot at the same time. Mm. And the one in the background is slightly obviously stop motion. <laughs> but the figure inside it <laughs> is um a Ripley puppet that was made for the end sequence to fight with the Queen that they just stuck army fatigues on to make it look like <laughs> one of the soldiers. <laughs> Amazing. I did, mm. I did read somewhere, actually, that um, after seeing some of the footage from the movie, the studio went absolutely ballistic because they were like, you've been spending money we allotted for... Spe- this is supposed to be a special effects movie. We gave you money for special effects because you were going to use it in that, mm. and you've used it on full-size sets and in the production department, and we're not happy about it. And Cameron had to go back and say, those were model shots. Oh, yeah. The model... Work. So there's a couple of exceptions, and I think stunning. it's because they are... I think it's because they're crap rear projection shots yeah. that don't work and stick out. Mm. But the set work and the model work is incredible in this. Yeah. And you're dead right. There's places where you absolutely cannot tell what you're looking at is a miniature and mm. not a full size set. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean we I mean we when we did um have we ever done no, we never done Terminator or Terminator on this film on this podcast. No, because we've we? both seen them both. Yeah. yeah. So I mean the whole, like we, I, I know we've had a conversation before about it. Though, like the, the forced perspective miniature work with all of the stuff uh, set in the future in, I think Terminator, when you see the battles and the skulls mm. on the ground, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all amazing. So it's obviously mm. something that Cameron was familiar with already at yes. this point in his career, yes. and, and and was was very good at. I have to say, mm. I haven't seen a James Cameron movie after Aliens in his filmography that I would consider watching again. Including T2? Oh, yeah, okay, fine. T2, yeah. All right, after T2, definitely. True Lies? Yeah, it's okay. True Lies is something I've been meaning to watch again, actually. I feel like I haven't that... seen it for a very long time, and I remember it being a lot of fun. I think I really enjoyed it in the 90s. I'm not sure I'd enjoy it now. I don't think, mm. it, will, I don't think it will hold up. I don't know mm. why. Maybe we should do a rewatch and find maybe, out. Maybe, maybe. But I just like I don't as a filmmaker, like I think the original Terminator yeah. I really like. This is not bad. It's okay. I don't like it as much as Alien. I don't like Terminator Two as much as I like Terminator. The no. Abyss is meh. Oh, I've never seen that. It, it I mean it's fine and it's groundbreaking special effects. Yeah. Um and True Lies was okay, but then after that, I can't really like Titanic. I hated and everything subsequent. I haven't seen Avatar. And, yeah, 
So hmm. I don't kind of. I, he I don't, stopped being a filmmaker and started becoming a money maker. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I, he's not really my kind of go-to filmmaker. I'll say that. No, but but I mean, no. yeah. All props to him for this. Yeah. Um, um, so quickly, there were three things in the in the climactic scene that hmm. I wanted to touch on very very quickly. Um, uh, the 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 alien the alien queen is going to kill Newt. Uh, the door opens and there's Ripley dramatically backlit in the in the suit, and she utters the line "Get away from her, you bitch!" Mm. And the xenomorph responds to a dramatic reveal and a quip. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I never realised how many places use or rip off the final dramatic music cue. Right. Yeah. Because as soon as it played, I'm like, I have heard this in a hundred places. Yeah. And who the fuck designed an airlock that could have both doors open at once? <laughs> I mean, Why is there no failsafe to stop that happening? That's a very good point, actually. I yeah, thought about because that. I thought, oh, she's going to shut herself in with the with the with the queen, open the other side, and just hang on, yeah. and then close it again. And she didn't. She had both doors open. That's where you get half a Lance Henriksen like, yeah. scooting across the floor. I'm just try- I'm trying to work out: would there ever be a need for that? Would there no, ever be a moment unless where you, you need, need to vent back? alien queens from your <laughs> from your spaceship? <laughs> I don't yeah, think that would occurred be. To me. Yeah, and it occurred to me, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. overall, yes, very good, but I never need to watch it again. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that might be the case. Although I did wonder whether, like I said, whether the action or more actiony element of it might might tempt me mm. to watch it again. But fair enough. Fair I did enough. my usual little uh, run around the taglines and alternate titles. Mm-hmm. Um. The taglines were quite boring. It's like this time it's war. This time there's more. This place in the universe you don't go alone. Somewhere in deeper space, all hell is breaking loose. And then Fox decided it was a fifties B movie when they originally released it on VHS. They're even scarier the second time around. That's poor. Yeah, that's uh, really the alternative poor. titles. Are, the alternative titles are better. Um, so a lot of places it was called Aliens and then had a subtitle. Right. So for example, in Belgium, the Flemish title was Aliens: The New Horror. In Denmark, it was Aliens, the final showdown. Italy, it's final clash. Poland, the decisive battle. In Slovenia slash Serbia, it is uh, Eighth Passenger 2. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, in Romania, it's Aliens Punishment Mission. <laughs> okay. Turkey decided it was just called Return of the Creature. <laughs> That's oh, no, a 50s right. B movie. Yeah, absolutely. It is, yeah. They're even scarier the second time around. <laughs> yeah. uh, and in Hungary, because Alien was called The Eighth Passenger is Death. Mm. Uh, here it's called the planet's name is death. Oh wow! Okay, that's that's full on. And uh, subsequently, all the other alien films have the word death in the title in Hungary. Right. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I can't remember what the others are, but yeah. No. But I always quite like the eighth passenger is death. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's very I don't know, very enigmatic. It, yeah. It's it's almost like an Agatha Christie novel. <laughs> yes, I suppose it is. Um, do we need to get on to what we're doing next week? Yeah, yeah, why not? Presumably we are doing it next week rather than in two weeks' time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, my work week this week is much, much milder, despite awesome. technically still being on the clock at, what time are we now, like 11.30, 11.45 oh, or whatever. Midnight. Midnight. Oh, God, midnight, yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, uh, My work week this week is much, much lighter. Cool. Awesome. Um, who wants to go first? Um, I don't mind. I can go first, or you can go first. 
I mean, those are kind of the two options we're faced with every week. So. Yeah, I guess so. Nobody else, nobody else wants to go first. <laughs> no. Um, all right, I will. I'll do it. Okay. Um, I have been screwed over again. <laughs> right. So last time I was screwed over by Amazon Prime uh, deciding they were going to charge five quid for whatever it was I was going to pitch you yeah. instead of uh, uh, in, instead of uh, keeping it free. So it became Bill, which is free, yeah. which was like my backup film on the list mm. I had. Uh, and then this time around, um, I rewatched the movie that I had intended to pitch you. Um, and while it was still fun, I didn't feel it was Have You Seen Worthy. Okay, that's fair. Like, it wasn't as enjoyable as I found it first time around. I will say, oh. however, if you have... Uh, 90 minutes to spare and um uh are in the mood for just something a little bit ridiculous there's the horribly titled spy time on netflix okay or if you're spanish it is uh anacleto and uh oh god anacleto agente secreto <laughs> which that's the original title okay. anacleto secret agent All and right. it's based on uh, a comic from the 60s which is a spoof of james bond okay All right. yeah um it has some incredibly funny jokes in it. There is a fight near the beginning that has a weapon I've never seen used in any other fight and used in a way I did not expect it to be used. <laughs> okay. Um, but overall, it just didn't hold together and I didn't feel right pitching it. Uh, fair enough. Like, Sometimes even though I'll, I'll give it a mild recommendation. I think it's it's funny and like, you know, it'll pass 90 minutes. Yeah. I didn't think it was worth doing on this show. Fair enough. Um, and I'd use my backup film. And so I had to scroll back through a whole ton of messages we sent each other over <laughs> the last few months trying to work out yeah. if we were going to do this second season, who'd yeah. seen what, all of that kind of thing. And it transpired only by omission rather than you outright saying you hadn't seen it. So if you have seen it, shut up and we'll just talk about it next <laughs> okay, week. Pretend you haven't. Okay. Um, you have not seen a film that is uh, based on a true story that the subject claims is 98% accurate. Okay. And that is Erin Brockovich. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen that. Hey, good. Either he really hasn't or he's really good at pretending. Um, no, no, I genuinely haven't seen it. Good. I'm not, I'm not a Julia Roberts fan. So Neither am I, but she's excellent in this. So okay. this movie won her um, uh, the Oscar, the BAFTA, and the Golden Globe for Best Actress. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Film, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, I remember it cleaning up at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I need to find out what won big in 2000, um, because this is the one that was nominated for everything, but only won for Best Actress. Hmm. 2000. Gladiator, probably. Uh, maybe. Or did that, we'll talk about or did that next week. I'll look, I'll, I'll look it up and we'll sure. see if there was like something that just, as has tended to happen... Mm. In like the last twenty odd years of Oscar history, is one film comes in each year and takes home more than yeah. ten goals. Yeah, or, the, or there's go. two and they split it evenly. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, the basic gist is: uh, after he loses her personal injury case, unemployed single mother Erin Brockovich shames her lawyer into giving her a job despite having no experience. Uh, while looking into a simple real estate buyout case, Erin uncovers a scandal involving a huge corporation polluting a town's water supply and just like David versus What's-His-Name sets out to bring them down. Okay. Fair enough. There we go. Um, I, I Prior to re-watching this to potentially pitch it, I'd only seen this once and I remember really enjoying it mm -hmm. um, and I, I enjoyed it just as much this time around. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Julia Roberts is Erin Brockovich. Yeah. Um, and she's, as I said, you know, good enough to have won three awards in one year for this performance. Uh, Albert Finney is the lawyer. He's great too. Their chemistry is really good, um, particularly this, the one-on-one scenes they have together. Mm. Uh, and uh, he is the guy who was supportive, of, uh, who was nominated for best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, Albert Finney's like he's he's a mainstay. He's, he's one of the great yeah. actors yeah. of his generation from the UK. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Uh, and um, uh, the other name in this is uh, a very hairy Aaron Eckhart, who plays the charming biker who moves in next door and develops an almost instant crush on Erin uh, and bonds with her children. Right. Okay. Um. I don't know what else I can. What else can I say? Uh, I mostly like it because the script is really good, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, it's possibly the least fussy of Soderbergh's films. Right. Okay. So when Soderbergh is good, he's this and out of sight. Yeah. When he's bad, he's haywire. Yes. Which is an arty wanker trying to make an action movie. Yeah. 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 I remember that. That was not good. That was not no. good. No, I can't remember uh, if you but, liked the limey or not. I'm not I sure you fucking hated yeah. the limey. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, the Ocean series is well, the first one at least is Soderbergh, isn't it? Yeah, I think they all are. But I, uh, I'm pretty sure that eleven is two. Are. I don't think I've seen any of the others though. I've seen bits of the others. Hmm. Yeah, eleven was alright. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just like. It's, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a movie I remember a huge amount about when it came, like I remember it coming out and I remember mm. all the, you know, all the awards and everything and mm. I can remember it being popular in Blockbuster when I worked there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I can, yeah, it's 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 one I'm well aware. Of. It's the kind of movie that I kind of feel like should have been an Aaron Sorkin film. Um. Yes. I need to look more into the background of the film itself because mm. like once you see Roberts, like there are some scenes where she is in she's in full flow and on fire, and you watch those and you think, this must have been a role that would have had Hollywood's A-list women climbing mm. over each other to get. Like yeah. it's a it's a fantastic role from the grandstanding scenes down to the subtle character stuff. Like it's it's a great role. Yeah. Um uh, we'll do the numbers this week. Uh, and probably next week as well. Budget is fifty-two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Twenty million of that went to uh, Julia Roberts, making her the first actress to ever get that much for a role. Yeah. Uh, and worldwide, it pulled in two hundred and fifty-six million. Wow! I remember it so being a massive hit. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good return on investment for yeah. for a two-hour drama about mm. a, um, a woman investigating uh, polluted water. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see it because I've never seen it, and it's always been one that I've always, I've, I've never watched it simply because it's Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to decide if this is going to make me. I'm trying to think why I don't like Julia Roberts and why I've actually seen her in, and whether I should now reappraise yeah. her having seen this. Yeah, I have. I have a. Uh, I I am just. I've I've never seen this. I've never seen anything with her in that I particularly liked, but mm. then I don't think any of the movies that she would have done. I didn't like Pretty Woman. 
Um, I can't really remember if I've seen her in much else. I must have done, no. but I can't remember. I just never got any. Like, I never really liked her, and then I have a very specific reason for not liking her, um, uh, which I'll probably say. I'll tell that story next week. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tune in next week where we'll find out how Julia Roberts has wronged Tom. <laughs> she hasn't wronged me, but I just, I like, I'm just like, that's not. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Although her niece brutally cut down a guy we used to work. With. <laughs> that was hilarious. Maybe we should tell that story next week as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. That's pretty much all I got without like diving into the the details. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and stuff and to be honest i didn't actually write a whole lot of uh notes mm. um i i think uh given if i have the time i will try to look more into just how accurate this is and the real erin brockovich ellis as is her full name um before we before we talk about it next week yeah yeah i think the only thing i know is that uh julie roberts got paid more than erin brockovich won in the case um I according think. to the film uh, i mean uh, no i can't say anything because it'll give away the end <laughs> fine all right that that's what i've heard but i don't know so okay yeah she made all a lot right. of money let's yeah. just say that she made a lot okay. of money fine all right Alrighty. uh it's your turn yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna fall back into very comfortable tom zone here yeah uh you know what's coming it's gonna be early 70s is it from 1970 and is it boring sci-fi it's not boring sci-fi, um, but it is. It is, is a it genre- flipping airport movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's the it's the the it's a genre that doesn't really exist anymore, and I lament the fact that it doesn't really exist anymore. It's a genre of movie that has gone to TV and has okay. done varying degrees of success, and it's it's a it's a seventies cop movie, um, which they don't. Like they don't make police movies, like they don't make cop movies anymore, detective movies, particularly. I feel right. not in the same way, anyway, because those. I mean, if you think about it, those become TV characters now. I think of like Luther true detective, and, yeah, true detective, and like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. It, you know, The Wire. Yeah, it be- like, yeah, it kind of yeah, they become procedural series, don't it, they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think, although there have been phenomenal examples of that, and particularly mm. The Wire. Um, just that I haven't got around to watching. Yeah, you need to watch that. I know. You it's absolutely in my, it's in my now to. TV planner. Yeah. And I will. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of weeks off coming up soon. Maybe yeah, I'll no. delve into it then. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the wire another time. Um, okay. So I'm going to pitch you uh, The French Connection. Um, okay. Because. I've seen The Car Chase. Okay, right. So it's. Uh, or is that in the second one? No, there's a car chase in the French Connection. Yeah. And there's. Well, actually, you've. Now, which. Oh, which Grand Theft Auto was it? Or was it a driver? There's a. There's a. You know, in those sorts of games like GTA or um, Driver or whatever, there's always a, a, a mission where someone runs onto an overland train and you have to chase them in a car. Yeah. Yeah. That's from this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's um, the elevated train track, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've the, seen that. Okay, right, cool. Okay. So it's... Uh, the reason I'm, I pitch it is because, like, you know, we don't get movies like this made now. The ones that were made then, you tended to have people like Clint Eastwood, Steve McQueen in the lead roles, and they were these big macho men. 
Um, this is Gene Hackman and Roy Scheider. Mm-hmm. Again, two of my favorite actors from that era. Um, and it's it's two New York cops who get embroiled in a case that goes much further than they think it should, or much further than they could ever anticipated. And it's about uh, basically them trying to get the job done and solve the case. I'm not going to go into it too much other than that. Um, okay. Because you know you're going to watch the movie. Um, but, I hope so. Yeah, but that's it's the plan. Yeah, um, but you know, I uh, you know, I love this sort of aesthetic. Um, Is Gene Hackman dead? No, uh, no. He just hasn't acted in anything since. No, he retired. Yeah, he retired. Because oh, okay. he just was just like, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to. It was his job, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he decided to retire and enjoy the rest okay. of his life. I don't. I'm pretty sure he's not there. Um, yeah, so it would be interesting to watch it now, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in the light of everything that's happened uh, recently um, and 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 just kind of see see the way the world has changed, but also uh, if you enjoy it as a, as a movie, as a thriller, mm-hmm. uh, which it is. I think there, there are two movies that Gene Hackman starred in in the uh, 70s and I was toying which one to pitch you. Uh French Connection was was one, which is I'm not going to say it's an action movie because it's not ready, but it has a car chase. It's a bit more of a thriller. Yeah, it's a thriller. Yeah, the other one was The Conversation. Um, okay. Which both I, of these are filed under things I probably should have seen. Yeah, uh, The Conversation. I can't decide. Like I was just in so much because you're either going to find it so boring. Mm. Or you're really going to get into it, and I and I and, yeah. I and I thought I'd kind of go somewhere in the middle with with French Connection because I think there's mm. more of a chance that you'll, you'll get something out of it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, the conversation might be one that we should cover at some point, just because okay. I think it's an interesting movie, and I think there's certain things that you'd relate to with Gene Hackman's character, um, uh, being someone who battles with technology sometimes, um, <laughs> and audio. Um, but yeah, so that French Connection is it's it's iconic and it's you know it's it's been the template for things that have come after it. Lots of cop dramas have mm. have used elements of it. Um, the French Connection two, they did an entire episode of Starsky and Hutch, which was just basically a rip off of it. Um, right. Which which basic it, uh, I think aired once on UK TV and then. Mm. Then didn't get I know, again. I know, I know elements of the plot of the French Connection too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was, uh, yeah. So um, they, they, it's, it's, it's an interesting couple of movies. But we'll just stick mm. with the first one, obviously, um, and we'll see how we go. Yeah. See if you like it Okey or not. Dokey. Um, you know, I like that. Kind I of movie. am now uh, quite sad that uh, someone I worked with up until relatively recently, who has departed the company I work for, um, she used to be an actress, and she had a scene in Behind Enemy Lines with Gene Hackman. And now I can't ask her for any Gene Hackman stories. I can't decide. I mean, I, part of me thinks he'd just be amazing, and other parts of me thinks he might be a bit grumpy. But I don't. Yeah, know. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't know. I like to think he was probably quite. Or he's probably quite amazing. Um, he must have some <laughs> incredible stories. But yeah, he's one of those. Okay. He's one of those actors. Is just like you don't necessarily remember. You know, aside from maybe Lex Luthor, you don't necessarily remember those iconic. Char- roles he's done but you remember the characters he plays does that make sense yeah. like it's he's one of those actors that I I often think that the highest compliment you could probably play an actor is I don't remember you in something 
because but if you remember the character they played, yeah, they've done a good job. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. he's one of it's, a, I, it's the difference between between us being a star and being an actor. Exactly. Yeah, and yes. uh, and Roy Scheider as well. It. Yeah. You know. So yeah, there yes. we go. Alrighty. Well, I'll start looking at uh, Gene Hackman's IMDb page. Yep. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk all about. All about that next week. Mm-hmm. Not the IMDb page, the French Connection, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Um, so, Together at last. I guess it's time for uh, Kieran to remember the plugs, which he has uh, very handily written in Sharpie on a piece of card and stuck on the wall <laughs> just above the webcam uh, <laughs> that Tom can see me through. So, we are on Twitter slash Instagram at HYS Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash have you seen podcast. The website is have you seen.net and the email is hyspodcast at gmail.com. We would like it very much if uh, you used any of those methods to send us your reviews of The French Connection uh, and the film I'm pitching, Tom, I can't remember, that's called Aaron Brockovich. Uh, and in fact, anything we've done this season, I think we can discount movies we've done in season one. Yeah. Because that's a lot. That's like, that's over 200 films yeah. we did in season one. That's crazy. So if you've seen anything uh, that we've done in season two, yeah. uh, I just totally hit my desk and wobbled my camera. Then. <laughs> um, I'm having a bad night. Um if, you, if you've seen anything we've done in season two and would like to uh, get your comments on the show, those are the methods to contact us by. Um, I will additionally plug that I am keeping a video diary vlog series on YouTube about my battles with slash recovery from Bell's Palsy. Uh, it's called Bell's Hell and you can get to it. You can get to the playlist by going to bit.ly slash Kieran Bell's. There's four up at the moment and by the time you hear this and definitely by the time you see it, uh there will be a fifth uh that's to make me uh finish the fifth one which has been interrupted three times by work and other things uh so yeah that's going up soon uh tom anything you'd like to plug yeah yeah i want to plug the my uh feature length documentary that is on prime video called the easy bit uh which is about what it's like for men to go through fertility treatment um so yeah you can go there see it rent it and does that have a vanity url that we should bring or just uh, go on prime and it does it ever uh, you well, you can find it you can find it via Prime uh, fairly easily um, mm. and uh, the, the URL I think is I'll put him on the spot yeah bit dot ly dot the easy bit I think or slash the easy bit yeah 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 slash the I think we need bit. to work on your internet marketing a little bit yeah. I've been doing yeah. loads on the, of the social media stuff on it. It's also I know you have, and you've been interviewed all over like, the place. Yeah. Like I keep seeing articles popping up that, that talk to you and podcasts you've been yeah. on and all that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I'm doing another one of those in a couple of weeks' time, I think. Doing the media rounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where do we get to set up a junket with you? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, we can't we can't <laughs> do junkets at the moment, really, unless you do Zoom Zoom junkets. Zoom junkets. Oh, um, and I've done I've done one interview via Zoom, and this podcast that I've got lined up to do in a couple of weeks' time is is essentially a Zoom interview, I think, as well. That's going to mm. go go on YouTube and mm-hmm. embedded in this website that I'm doing it for. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you've got all of that going on. Mm. Uh, trying to keep on top of it all, and yeah. So after after a decade of uh, filming those kind of things, you are now yeah. the other side of the. Yeah. The other side of the room, if you like, the in the, in the opposite seat. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, I've done like I've done Instagram lives, I've done phone interviews, and mm. um, yeah, so it's kind of a different experience. But it seems to be going all right. Um, mm. Instagram lives are fun. Um, mm. You know, just chatting, just, just so, chatting like this, really. Yeah, it's not in a. It's all fuel for the autobiography eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alrighty, should we call it a day? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. All righty. That's a day. Uh, and we'll be back on another day, uh, hopefully next Thursday. Uh, nothing is going to interrupt us from recording the next episode uh, with uh, French Connection and Erin Brockovich. Uh, so we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>